Coming up on the Middle Class VO Podcast. When released via flatulence, a.k.a. <laughs> oh, my God, really? Thank you. <laughs> Come on. Okay. All right, I'm going to keep going. Maybe. <laughs> oh, thank you, Kevin. <laughs> You're not supposed to read ahead. If you need e-learning, we're just an email away. Corporate narration, tell us what to say. Explain a video, imaging radio, slinging local cars, reading IVR. No, we ain't no stars. This is the Middle Class VO Podcast. The Middle Class VO Podcast. The Middle Class VO Podcast. Here we are, the Middle Class VO Podcast, and what? We're all in Nashville. What's going on? Kevin Kilpatrick here along with Bobby (laughs) Maxwell, and the multi-talented Christy Bowen joins us today. Hey, Christy. Hi, guys. How are you? Excellent. So good to hear you and maybe see each other later. I know. I love it. We're all in the same place. It's wonderful. But we're not all in the same place, you know, at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. As most folks know, uh, I'm in the Nashville area. Bobby is typically in Cincinnati, uh, but she has a couple of daughters here, and uh, she's a frequent visitor uh, in Nashville. And Christy Bowen is Nashville-based as well, and it's great to get Christy on the Middle Class Video Podcast today. And we're going to talk about the exciting genre of e-learning. Is it exciting, though, Christy? Well, when the paychecks come in, it can be exciting, right? (laughs) Spill it, come on. (laughs) It can be. I like it. It's fun. I I enjoy the learning, you know, and sometimes the creative, both in in multiple senses, the really creative writing, and then sometimes the, yeah, creative writing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, quote, unquote. (laughs) That you experience. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. So is that a, a huge portion of of your income? It's a large portion of it. Yeah, it's not everything, though. I, I, it's, it's a, yeah, yes. <laughs> I had to think about that for a minute. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I guess it is, but it's not everything. Yeah, yeah. So Christy Bone's been doing this a long time, and yeah, as you know, we're talking about right now, uh, e-learning is a large part of her income, but not her only income source. But we're going to focus on uh, the e-learning part of it today. But Christy, uh, give give us a brief breakdown of. You know, your voiceover career, I, I, I know how you kind of got into it. Not everybody does, though. But t- tell us what led you into the e-learning part of it specifically. Well, I started off, um, and this this is actually extremely relevant, I started off in the whole VO world by being introduced to it through radio in college. I went to the University of Florida, go Gators, and <laughs> we had a 100,000-watt commercial FM station. We did not have the normal, you know, college radio. Um, it, you know, was a big, huge, enormous you had a real station, station and covered. Yeah, real station. Um, and we had sales team, you know, that would go out and to the local businesses and sell, you know, spots. And then um, I was in the production department as well as being a DJ on the weekends. And I, you know, would write and voice and produce the spots. And I loved that. I liked that much better than being a DJ. And that's just where, where I fell in love with it. And then kind of once I graduated, I added the video component to it because I went to work for a cable company and we would produce the local television spots and so kind of just added the filming part onto it and then you know I would still do the voiceover from some of the local television 
commercials here in town. Um, and then kind of got a little bit away from that, got into the video world for a long time and worked on a couple of feature films out in Hollywood and, you know, was a producer for many, many years on a government contract. Um, and then, you know, kind of, but I was dabbling in VO all along and ended up um, kind of back into it as the contract I was working on for a, a, a government contract ended. Um, I kind of looked at my world and went, okay, so exactly what do I want to do with it? Do I really want to keep being on sets for, you know, 15 hours a day? I've got a, you know, a small child now. Is this really where I want to go? And I thought, you know, let me try to think about getting back into this voice acting thing more because I was doing it already, but not as steady. And I kind of pursued that while I still had the job. And, you know, by the time that contract ended, I was able to parlay that into a full-time, you know, working voice acting uh, gig. And how I got into the e-learning aspect of things is when I first started, I was doing a lot of marketing. And one of the people I, or one of the places I was marketing to, this is before Facebook really had its groups mm -hmm. set up. Um, yeah. There was a group through the University of North Carolina, uh, University of North Carolina, University of Florida. They were starting to create something called the Gator Nation Network, which was their version of, you know, Facebook in a way. And I had posted on there about doing, you know, being a graduate, and, you know, I, I did voiceovers. And one of the guys who responded to that was a gentleman who um, was head of a company in Tampa that was a training and e-learning company. And he used voiceover all the time, he said. And so we connected. And about six months later, after me constantly kind of, you know, follow, doing the follow-up thing, um, yeah. he sent me a job. And it happened to be a very, very, very long e-learning. Um, and then it that was shortly followed by another e-learning. The first one was great, and I was all excited. And then he's like, oh, yeah, we've got some more for you. The second one, he didn't warn me, turned out to be a very extremely heavily technically medically related <laughs> script that I you know, cursed and cried my way through, Aww. but I made it. <laughs> and then I ended up having that, that client. Yeah. I was going to say, you powered through, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. And I had that client for like three years, you know, it was, it, it, so, and, and then, I mean, that particular client within, you know, the larger client itself. So, yeah, but that's how I kind of got started with you know, the, the e-learning path. Um, from there, I was able to, you know, then kind of start marketing myself and, you know, use that experience to say, hey, I've got experience in e-learning. I know how to, you know, separate files and blah, 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 you know, and I just kind of went from there. Excellent. Well, I know Bobby's got uh, a gripping question for you. She's going to ask just a second, <laughs> but I did want to tease a little bit, though, that uh, we do a regular feature uh, on Middle Class Video Podcast called the Cold Read Challenge. And Christy, if you're up for it, we're going to get you to do a Cold Read Challenge uh, before we let you go here in a little bit, okay? Absolutely. Why not? That'll be fun. Yeah. No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> well, I dabbled in e-learning when I first got into voiceover. I was still actually on the air. And um, it, like you, had some massively long projects. And I, I remember one, the script came in, and she said, we need this tomorrow. And I had to actually stay at the station overnight. And I pulled an, an all-nighter for like nine hours to get it to oh, her. And wow. I know. And that stayed with me. It's like oh, I don't know if I want to do this, you know, if it's going to be that last minute all the time. So I started, when I really got full-time into VO, I started branching out more into commercial and mm -hmm. and promo and explainer. But now that I'm, I'm you know, aging, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to look at, I'm trying to look at genres that I could still get hired in. Um, and, and I'm just wondering, and, and you're the perfect person to ask, 
Has e-learning changed in that, as I remember, it was that professional, not announcery, but very professional and confident voice. Has that changed like commercial has changed in what they're looking for? Yeah, it has. Um, There's always going to be a place for the, you know, kind of narrator style, let's call it. Um, You know, but they really do want conversational. I think the writing is changing because I think the the audience that is being trained now and using, you know, utilizing the e-learning that we're, you know, we're a part of is younger. So they're, you know, they've grown up with technology and they're used to quick bite-sized things and people speaking rapidly. I mean, I have one client who told me, you know, look, most of the people who are going to be taking this course are very young. They're millennials. So you need to pick up the pace. We need it to be Mm. fast. And, you know, thank goodness I was being paid per word for that and not per finished minute because, (laughs) (laughs) but, you know, it was one of those things that it it hit me, you know, depending on your audience for that, it just, you know, the fact that he pointed it out before we even started was great. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, it was like, okay, yeah, you're right, because so many of these younger people that are being trained nowadays are so used to consuming media through, you know, electronic devices. It's not like, you know, we're training a whole bunch of, you know, 45 to 65 year olds who, you know, remember original learning of being in a, you know, classroom and there's an instructor standing in front of you and that's the only way you ever taught, you know, how to do something in your, you know, for your job. Um, You know, that's, that's changed a lot. You know, now everything is online and it's, you know, it could be for salespeople who are out on call and on the road. And so, they, you know, when they're taking their coffee break in between sales calls, you know, they're at a Starbucks or they're wherever they are and they are, you know, consuming these modules on an iPad or on their phone or whatever it is to get that learning in, but at the same time, you know, do their job because they're not traditionally in an office. Um, you know, they're on the road for sales calls. So, you know, they're used to consuming media in a different way. So the the delivery has changed for that. At least it's what, I'm. you know, a lot of the stuff I still get I will be honest with you, tends to be kind of, you know, fairly straightforward narrator, but I do get a lot of character work requests. You know, just, hey, can you modulate your voice for these two things? Or, you know, this one, we want it to be super conversational. You know, this this mm-hmm. group is, yeah, while it's a serious subject, we don't want it to sound so, you know, dramatic and serious. We want it to have some, you know, warmth and, and you know, character to it. It's like, okay. And so, yeah, I get that a lot more, and I'm noticing it has changed into that. Um, and even just the the use of characters or a a more character mindset um, versus, you know, just I'm going to be the narrator here uh, has changed because there's a lot of gamification and other things going on. They're turning these things into, you know, don't forget, you know, you've got to take this quiz. And, you know, if you collect the shields and all the stars, then, you know, you'll do better Ah. or whatever it is. It's that kind of thing. They're trying to make it a little more fun and engaging. So therefore, they're wanting the voices to go with that. Yeah, that's and that's a great point. You brought up a couple of minutes ago, Christy, about payment. Um, I do a lot in the e-learning space. I'm very thankful for the e-learning work that I do because like you said, you learn something um, and mm-hmm. once you get comfortable as a voice actor and you, you've honed your chops, this is, uh, you know, I, I don't want to call it an easy genre, but it's not taxing. It's really not that taxing except for the length of the courses at times and, and if you're under, you know, deadlines. But that being said, I found a model, uh, you know, several years ago, 10, 12 years ago, when I first started getting into e-learning uh, as one of my, you know, go-to genres, 
that I wanted to price based on the per word model. Now, I did that because all the research, you know, there's, you know, per minute and this, that and the other, you know, you know, there's so many variables in the per minute or per page, especially per page, there's variables. But in a per word model, when you charge rates by the word, it's finite. It's, It's fair for both sides. What do you recommend or, or what do you do on your side as far as your rates go and, and what you're charging? A penny for your thoughts. Well, you know, there's the two main things that most people do is either per word or per finished minute. And a finished minute um, is, you know, it's completely edited. Um, you know, it's, it's separated out into the different um, slides and everything else. So it's, you know, you have one long recording with it all separated into this, you know, it's one long recording before you separate the slides out. Um, but, you know, the whole thing is the whole recording was 37 minutes. Okay, great. You know, so that way you know that's how much you're charging. Um, okay. But uh, those are the two most common. Um, and I do a little bit of both. It depends on who the client is. Mm-hmm. I've been, you know, more often doing per finished minute just because some of my established clients from, you know, way back kind of we locked into that early on before I really realized per word was probably better. <laughs> <laughs> um but it depends. You know, the, the, I will give the caution with per word is that a lot of people will just, you know, use the, you know, word document uh, number. Mm. And that is incorrect. It is always incorrect. It will never be correct. Um, <laughs> there is a there is, I think, a voice actor created it. Actually, there's a um, a website that you can upload your document into and it will literally take it and, you know, put it into the actual correct number of words because any kind of number, you know, there's numbers like if I say 21, you know, it's a two and a one, that's 21. That's two words I've said, you know, any kind of dates, any kind of phone numbers, Mm -hmm. there are any kind of dashes, Microsoft Word processes things like if I said up to date, that's three words, but with the dashes in between it, you know, Microsoft sees that as one word. So, you you know, there's lots of things like that in there that can sometimes be, uh, can trip you up. And if you're saying them, you need to be paid for them. You know, if you are going to char- charge on a per word model, you know, you should make sure you're getting charged for all your words. But then I also, you know, clients send you scripts that may not be separated into columns and it may have headers or pronunciation guides in there. So you have to subtract out those words. So, you know, I mean, it's just, you know, it's a little bit of work. I find it worth it. Um, the thing I like to use as an illustration is I did a project for AAA, and it was over a six-month period, huge amount of, I mean, enormous modules over that six-month period. I ended up making an additional $500 because I kept saying the word AAA over and over and over again. And at the end of the module, you know, at the end of all of it, if I hadn't actually, you know, added up how many times I said triple A, <laughs> I would have lost $500. And frankly, I wanted my $500. Of course. <laughs> exactly. Of I course. said it. I want my, I want my money. <laughs> so, yeah, That's I mean, there's funny. certain things you have to be care- careful of when you're doing the per word model. Uh, it's a little faster to do your, you know, per finished minute. You look at the end of your recording, it was 37 minutes. Okay, there. that's how much I charge, you know. But um, I think those are the two biggest and the, the things that most people do. Um, I, I think they both have their merits. It depends on your client. Really, you know, yeah. uh, I think even if you do a per word, you still have to have a minimum because, you know, clients will sometimes send small modules just because, you know, that's the way things are going nowadays is small little modules. And if they're only mm-hmm. like two pages long and it's only like, you know, 110 words, you're like, uh, OK, wait a minute. <laughs> Christy, explain real quick what a module is. A module is normally a, a complete lesson. Um, and you could have a 
you know, a larger lesson that has six modules in it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's kind of part A, part B, part C, part D, whatever. And they, you know, each module has its own theme or its own lesson with it um, is kind of how most people think of it. Uh, within a module, you will have many slides. Um, and those slides are the different, you know, uh, pieces that you will break up. Um, unless your client asks you to send them one long wave file and that they will do the editing on their own um, you will be expected in e-learning to separate out every slide into its own audio file and do you charge extras for that uh, you charge for the separation some okay. sometimes you can and that's a negotiable item you know some people if they balk at the price you can negotiate that but mm-hmm. generally the typical uh, is one dollar per fl- slide so if you have you know 12 slides, it's an additional $12. If it ends up being 250 slides, it's another $250. Um, you know, it depends. Now, if it's a huge amount of slides, some people I know will go down to 50 cents, you know, if it's like there's a price break. Um, but, you know, it just depends. Uh, I don't always charge that. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Again, it depends on the client. Um, but yeah, there's typically when you have a large number of slides and it takes work to separate all those, then, you know, it there's a charge for that. And a lot of times you can build that into your uh, initial rate. That exactly. way, it, it you know, you're still getting your money on the back end and you know the time mm-hmm. it's going to take, but the client doesn't see it as an additional charge. And so it looks like right. a softer rate. And you could be like, you know, I'm charging X number of cents per word. And that includes everything, breaking it down into individual files, cleaned up and delivered in the format of your choice. Exactly. Okay. That's how I approach it as well. Skip it a bop, bop, wow. If, if someone's interested in getting into this genre of VO, do you recommend them doing self-marketing or pay-to-play or, or what would be their best chances of finding work? Um, both. <laughs> yes, to all of the above. I mean, yeah, yes to all of the above, yes. <laughs> or C, all of the above, yes. Um, I would say that uh, definitely self-marketing. But also, you know, pay-to-play has a very large amount of it. In fact, I Mm -hmm. booked a job today from a pay-to-play audition I did, and it's for an e-learning job. So, you know, you you just don't know. And and many companies sometimes, if they don't have an established very large training department or someone who is in charge of the training, if they – but they're required to all of a sudden, and, you know, someone from Human Resources who has never done anything like this before, all of a sudden is tasked with the, you know, the – project to, we need to do this training, especially now that most of our workers are virtual, we have to train them somehow, we're going to create this project, and we need someone to do it. And then, you know, that person will come back and say, oh, now we need a voice actor. So let's say they farm that out, and they find a company that does that, if the company doesn't look for the voiceover, um, but you know, they're going to doing it all internal, let's say. And the HR manager says to whoever's going to produce this training, but we need someone to voice it. I can't do it. Nobody here sounds good. Let's get a professional. They're probably, just by the nature of, you know, the way the internet is working, they're probably going to search the internet and come up with the pay-to-plays first because they seem to have the largest SEO. Yes. (laughs) So, you know, they're probably going to go in that direction and therefore post their projects, whether it's a one-off or not, you know, on a pay-to-play. So there is opportunity there. Um, But, you know, also your own direct marketing to the production companies and, you know, local production companies who, again, might pick up the job of, you know, doing a local 
you know, businesses, e-learning and training, um, or it could be, you know, uh, the, the companies that actually produce e-learning themselves, you know, create the modules and create the training. Uh, they have, you know, rosters and they have people on staff that do that. And so they have, you know, rosters that you can get onto through your own self-marketing. And then, you know, through LinkedIn, Twitter, those are the two places that, you know, most instructional designers, um, who are the people who are normally spearheading and creating you know, and are doing the hiring for voiceover. Um, that's where they live typically is on LinkedIn and Twitter. So those are the, you know, places to do your marketing for that. Excellent. Let, let's break down some of the genres because in mm-hmm. uh, e-learning, I mean, that's a huge umbrella and there's so many things that fall underneath it uh, of, you know, these subgenres. Uh, I'll narrate in safety training about factory workers. I'll narrate to, to employees who are just starting to work at uh, Dairy Queen, you know, and how to flip a burger. And there's so many <laughs> subgenres in e-learning. What are some that you can uh, touch on, Christy? Oh, goodness, there's so many. Um, you know, there's a lot of academic Uh, which is one, it's kind of its own little section. Academic is huge uh, because that could be anything from, you know, K through 12 education. It could be, you know, university level um, where it's, you know, different classes and things that are being taught online or, you know, I've I've done a lot of nurse training for a particular university. Uh, So, you know, it could be any kind of specialty. So that's academic is kind of its, you know, one genre or one area. And then the rest is, you know, corporate. There's lots of government. Um, there's, you know, HR tr- hiring and, and training and that kind of thing, like you said, onboarding, um, benefits packages kind of things within HR. There's, uh, gosh, there's health-related companies. You know, medical is huge. Um, anything in medical. I mean, and then from when within medical, there's just so many different things. There's sales and, you know, doctor training. There's um, nurse training. There's you know, just company-wide training. Um I'm trying to think there's just, you know, the corporate level thing for any large company that exists, you know, the Fortune 1000 normally has some form of training that's required, you know, OSHA training for safety. Um, goodness, I'm trying to think of everything else that there could be. And that's just that's just in, in this country. There's so much overseas oh, yeah. as well. Yeah. Absolutely. And a lot of that, yeah, works within those other countries, too, that are, you know, if they are, even if they are a, um, you know, foreign-based company, but they have offices and or branches in the United States, they have to train their, you know, their United States-based workers on the laws that govern their country, you know, their company, but that also are specific to the U.S., so I get that a lot. You know, their company is headquartered wherever. And it's like, and for our U.S. employees, don't forget that blah, 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 blah. You know, <laughs> that happens a yeah. lot. You know, so, yes, there's that, too. And if you're considering going in and, and trying to tackle this genre as a voice actor, be mindful, uh, Christy, that, you know, tell everybody about mm-hmm. different genres within it. You can charge a little bit more, for example, the medical stuff. Absolutely. Medical and very heavy technical. You know, when it comes to, uh, let's say, you know, you're training engineers on a particular thing or, you know, people who have a specialty in, you know, technical language, very heavy technical language, that and medical, especially not just not all medical, not, you know, not just the stuff that's generally for a medical audience, but for doctors, when you when you've got the ten and fifteen dollar words, I like to call I like to call them. You know, when you have mm-hmm. to look up a lot of the terminology to make sure you're spelling, you know, you're saying it correctly, and it's going to take you a lot of extra time to make sure you are, you know, getting those pronunciations right. 
you can charge more for that because it's going to take you more time. A lot of times, well, sometimes the technical scripts are written in a way that most people who understand that stuff, mathematics or whatever, or even, you know, engineering different kinds of uh, formulas and things, they'll write it in a way that is written for, you know, those people to see it. But your brain goes to (laughs) that means millimeters of mercury or, you know, this formula or this whatever. But it's written, you know, with, with all the little symbols. But, you you yeah. know, and if you don't know that right off the top of your head, you might have to look that up. So that's going to take more time. So My husband is a, a software developer. There and you go. the few e-learning jobs I have done in, in the tech field, I'll go to him. How do you say S-A-A-S? Yeah. <laughs> like, Am I getting paid for this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, there are different things. Guys, check this out. You talk about the technical stuff. I don't for anybody listening, you you talk about technical narration and being skilled. There's an old video on YouTube of this guy who is doing a uh, e-learning, essentially. He's doing it on camera. It was it was specifically for audio only, but the uh, actor requested to be filmed so he could show everybody how he crushes this, um, this technical narration. And this is from the late 70s. I'm going to play just a little clip for you right here. Now, basically, the only new principle involved is that instead of power being generated by the relative motion of conductors and fluxes, it is produced by the modial interaction of magneto-reluctance and capacitive directance. The original machine had a base plate of prefamulated amulite surmounted by a malleable logarithmic casing in such a way that the two spurving bearings were in a direct line with a panometric fam. Is that not amazing? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I love it. I hope he made some good money. Uh, he, he's, I, I think his it. name is Ben Haggerty, uh, ben, ha- ben Haggard, something like that. But anyway, the uh, Turbo Encapulator. You just put that in YouTube, <laughs> wow. and, and people just rave about this guy. This guy, just a, a quick little sidebar, this guy basically, this narrator, basically created the what we know as a modern-day earpiece. Um when he was doing, he, and he was a pro at doing all these technical things, well, he was getting ready to do a speech, and he would typically kind of memorize what he had to do. And then he, there was one he just wasn't getting. He wasn't getting it. So he recorded it on a reel-to-reel and wired up an earpiece to go into his ear, and he just was repeating what he was hearing Wow! on the playback of the reel-to-reel. Oh, wow. So anyway, That's just awesome. a fascinating story. So on YouTube, Turbo Encabulator. Turbo Encabulator so is, is just fascinating. But that's the kind of stuff Christy's talking about that you can make a little extra yeah, for. Yeah, you get paid more. You get paid more for that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and I might leave it to the other people to make more, too, because that stuff's challenging. Speaking of challenging, uh, uh, in just a second, we're going to get Christy to do a cold read challenge. Uh, before we, we get into that, we've talked a lot about the e-learning space and, uh, you know, some genres and some pay and some different things you can do. But what about training? What? How do you get there? How do you learn about e-learning if you haven't already done it? Well, it's funny enough, yeah. Christy Bowen has launched <laughs> Tennessee VoiceOver Studios. Christy, tell us about it. 
<laughs> well, thank you. Yes. Uh, so Tennessee VoiceOver Studios is a in-person location, and we're also doing virtual because it is still COVID. Um, classes, we're, you know, we've got lots of different classes and things. And let's see, somebody else on this podcast might be involved what? with that. Let's say uh, <laughs> Kevin Kilpatrick is going to be teaching yes. stuff with me as well. Yes. Yeah, there's, That's uh, awesome, guys. Thank you. So we've got um, a physical location with, a, I have a, you know, a booth set up in there. Sweet and, studio. You know, Sweet studio. It's a really nice studio space. And, it, you know, it'll be for people to come and take classes. And, you know, we're going to offer the virtual thing as well. And we're excited because it's, you know, there's lots of stuff. And there will be eventually e-learning classes. I'm trying to, you know, figure out what the, the core classes right now that people are really seeking out. And that will be one of them. Um, we'll be doing e-learning, business e-learning, uh, business of, uh, sorry, business of voiceover, uh, some introduction classes, the voiceover 101. Kevin's doing a uh, middle class middle class VO, yeah. basically, because imagine that. And then we've also <laughs> got a corporate narration class that uh, Kevin and I are going to be doing. We have an, you know, basics of audio. So we've learned about, you know, all the equipment and setting it up and edit techniques and everything else. We have um, commercial interpretation and we have audiobooks. So we, that's kind of where we're starting right now. Oh, in a beginning acting class. So, you know, we've got just some, you know, some good basic classes right now. And we're going to be developing and adding more as, you know, as the need and uh, the, you know, audience requests <laughs> come in <laughs> for those. Well, hey, yeah. if you ever think of expanding to other cities, <laughs> Ooh, let me I'll know. let you know. <laughs> I'd love to buy a franchise. <laughs> there you are. There you go. It's been a lot of fun to start to start up. So, yeah, well, the classes are, you know, I mean, for e-learning, there really is, you know, while it, a lot of people think, okay, well, it's just kind of reading the scripts and, you know, I'm kind of a narrator thing and it's not a lot of interpretation like, you know, commercial is. There is, you still have to get training. There's so much to learn about what e-learning is that, you know, it, it takes, it does. There's client expectations. There's a lot that goes into it more than just yeah. the performance that you need to know it, about. It really is. Yeah. And I think sometimes the the business of how to do the e-learning um, is almost more important than the interpretation of it. Because, you know, if you have good interpretation skills, whether you're learning that, you know, from the commercial aspects of things or whatever else, you know, that skill set is going to serve you in e-learning, of course. But, you know, it's the how to do the business aspects of it and, you know, all the technical stuff that goes with e-learning that is, mm -hmm. you know, something to study and learn for sure. Skip it a ba ba ba. Do you have plans to make demos in the future for e-learning? Um, eventually, yes. Yeah, and, and demos okay. and things because they're, you know, we've got lots of producers and, you know, great audio guys. And I say guys because they are all guys, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you know, involved with the studio. But, yeah, at the moment, I haven't – I've made a strategic choice not to put up anything about demos on the website yet for the new studios because okay. I think, you know, we have to figure out the market first. And I think people need to get the training because, you know, you always have to get training before you do demos. Demos. And I don't want someone to come to the studio's page and go, oh, they do demos. I want to get one of those. Well, yeah. have you had any training yet? And even if you have had some, you, you know, we need to evaluate that and figure out where you are because there's, you know, I would never do a demo for anybody that's not ready. Good for you. It's just, you know, I don't think that's right. I don't think anybody involved with the, the studios would. I mean, we're just all too much professionals to, you know, and also I don't want to take somebody's money. It's not about, you know, making money off somebody. It, to me, it's about 
getting someone else launched the right way to join this business and join it the right way, you know, and, and to lift all of us up versus, you know, sticking a whole bunch of people out there that are going to be, well, yeah, I got trained here. And, you know, listening to their demos, they they just really are not up to, you know, the standards that we should all hope and aspire and, you know, live up to. You know, it's just, it's not good for them. It's not good for, for me or the reputation of the studios or anything else. I mean, you have to be ready to do that. And so therefore, for right now, I haven't put anything about demos on there. I don't want that to be the focus. Right now, the focus is getting your training and then you get the demo when you're ready. Yeah, you got to build the cake and then you can frost Mm -hmm. it. Exactly. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Yeah. Christy, where would you recommend sending folks to uh, get more information about Tennessee VoiceOver Studios? The website is tnvoiceoverstudios.com. That's so easy. It is. (laughs) Try, you know, spelling Tennessee can sometimes be a real pain so it's just we're gonna end it also to make it shorter it was like we're just gonna do tn that is perfect <laughs> yes that is perfect tn voiceoverstudios.com all right well bobby if you didn't have anything else we're going to uh nope try to get christy uh on the cold read challenge <laughs> cold read challenge christy here's how it works okay. i'm i'm about to hit send on an email, right. and I'm sending it to Christy at ChristyBowen.com. You got it. And um, there will be a script in there. Okay. Um, you don't don't look at the script. Um, you pull it up, though. Let me know when you get it, and then you pull it up. Okay. Then there's direction at the top of the page. Mm-hmm. You read the direction aloud, and you dive right in. Okay. Hopefully, I've set you up for success. Okay. I have received your script. All right. <laughs> okay. I'm to read the direction. Yep. Uh, direction. Warm, pleasant, conversational, informative. Welcome to our Taco Bob food digestion awareness training. As a Taco Bob employee, you'll be tempted to overindulge in our great variety of menu offerings. However, please be aware, the digestion of Taco Bob's food has been known to cause specific health effects, including, but not limited to, toxicity. For example, small amounts of beefy cheese burritos can transition into large volumes of carbon monoxide gas in the intestines. When released via flatulence, a.k.a. <laughs> oh my God, really? Thank you. <laughs> Come on. Okay. All right, I'm going to keep going. Maybe. <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. (laughs) You're not supposed to read ahead. I'm not. I'm not reading ahead. I'm okay. When released via flatulence, aka the butt burp, aka firing scud missiles, aka one cheek sneak, the this invisible odorless gas can cause severe discomfort and, in some cases, even death. To avoid such hazards, please look at the SDS or shameful digestion sheet. At Taco Bob's, you are our most valuable asset, and we want to ensure your assets safely for a long time to come. <laughs> okay, how am I going to get you back? Is all I can think of right now. <laughs> that was fun, though. Actually, I love it. <laughs> that was so good, though. That was so e-learning. So. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Oh, that's good All stuff. All right. Are we going to eat tacos tonight, by right? the way? Right. <laughs> I know. It's like I got to have a margarita and some assets here. <laughs> Christy Bowen, thank you so much. Uh, always a pleasure to have you on the Middle Class VO Podcast. And, and Bobby and I are heading over to see Tennessee VoiceOver Studios in just a bit. 
Yay, Woo-hoo. can't wait. Well, thank you so much for having me. Your podcast is wonderful. I recommend it to everybody that, you know, asks me about voiceover. I'm like, well, you need to listen to podcasts, and here is definitely one of them. So, yeah, thank oh, you thanks. so much for having me. I really appreciate it. The Middle Class VO Podcast is a K2 Media Productions production. All views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts and guests. The McVob Jingle was written and produced by Kevin. Co-produced and performed by Chloe Dolandis. Additional engineering by Zach Zimmett. Bobby's Hair and Makeup by Rebecca Adlita. Kevin's Wardrobe by Slippery Pete's Fashion Emporium. All previous episodes are available for download on Podbean. For the Middle Class VO Podcast, I'm Tracy Thibodeau. I'm Lisa Lou Perry. Thanks for listening. And don't miss the next episode of the Middle Class VO Podcast. The Middle Class VO Podcast.